from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Mitch McConnell's going to be stepping down as the GOP Senate leader in November. Biden and party leaders begged Speaker Johnson for help in Ukraine. I doubt that they begged. I bet that they tried to offer him a bunch of stuff. Well, That's how politics is. Yeah, well, they, they were in the Oval for a conference about the budget. About, or about uh, keeping yeah. the government open, the, the pending shutdown. That's Friday, right? Uh, I think the first Friday? one's Friday. There's yeah. another, another deadline in March. But during that, they, like you said, they leaned on Johnson pretty heavily about Ukraine relief. Yeah, you know, good old Mike Johnson. He's, he's, he's got the spirit of the Lord in him. When you know, when God talks to you, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like God talks to me, right? That's kind of sad. Right? Why am I being left out? Of, why am I being left out of conversations with God? Nora, why do you think this? Do, I'm, you, do you have a relationship? With God. Yeah, we got it. I'm tight with Jesus. Yeah, I, I, we're pretty tight, but I don't hear the voice in my brain. You just gotta listen. There you but go. it's not. I do. I listen all the time. It's all I do is listen. And I'm not here. No one is saying Spike, you want to be the voice of God, Jack, my friend. Yeah, exactly. I don't get that. Right. You're looking good today, Jack. Thanks, God. Those are great yoga pants. Thank you, sir. I appreciate. Let's talk it. about your efforts to help those in need. Uh... <laughs> I gotta go, Lord. The show starts in an hour and a half, and I got, if I'm late for the show meeting, I'm just saying I'm feeling kind of like the girl that didn't get picked for prom. You know what I mean? <laughs> Speaker Johnson gets to talk to God. God doesn't talk to me. Where's my phone call, He's God? He's the girl getting picked for rapture, not for the Yeah, yeah I know, right? So be Whoops careful what you wish for. So I got to tell you, if Mike Johnson's getting raptured with me, I might throw in my rapture Are card. Are you jumping off? I might be like... <laughs> you pull the bell. Ding, ding. Yeah. It's my stop. Yeah, this is my stop, you guys. I think I'll just wait down here in purgatory with everybody else. I think With, a fun, with a fun crowd down here. Right, because I don't really want to be... He's such a weirdo. I don't want to be around him. Although he is a good Christian man. That's a part of that as well. But let's talk about Mitch McConnell really quick. Because Mitch McConnell, he's been serving in the, in the Senate for a very long time. He has been leadership for 17 years. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. He's been serving for, he was 42 when he got the gig. Yeah. He's been 40 years in the chair. Right. And now he is 82 years old, or at least that's what he wants us to believe because he's actually a thousand years old, right? Because these politicians never die. They just shed their skin and assume the skin of a a young, young, unassuming (laughs) intern. Right, it's the way that they—it's t- like body snatchers. You yeah, know? there's a pod under there's his a pod. Senate desk. Right, so he's, <laughs> he's growing a by new November. Niche. He's going to be morphing into you know. Like, what did that page you? Oh, look at him now. Yeah, exactly. Look at him go. <laughs> oh. So I love that Mitch says well, it's time for the next generation to take over leadership. What the people who are seventy-seven? That was my point. Uh, <laughs> John Cornyn is 70, 72. Yeah. John Barrasso is seventy-one. Yes. Soon is the baby of the group at sixty-three. Oh wow! How about, how about actually going to the next generation? Right. For the next generation of leaders. How about somebody who was I don't know born in the eighties? Yeah. That might be pretty cool. Who thinks the Beatles is just a car. Right. Yeah. You know? Could we maybe get away from? So yeah, there you go, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's political ideology can be thought of or encapsulated as being a neoconservative, big on big state funding for programs like war, big mm-hmm. weapons contracts. The guy is... So basically the difference between neocons and neolibs is that neocons like big weapons contracts, uh, you know, anything that they can do for private sector businesses that have government contracts. Right. That's your neocon. Neolibs are more so big contracts to unions, so teachers' unions, so on and so forth. More labor centric, labor centric, um, business centric, right? But st- okay. at the same time, still big money government of, contracts. You know, yeah, goes so when people say uniparty, they're kind of correct, but not so much because there's a, there's a bit of a nuance there between 
where the favoritism goes. I'm, I'm sure that people will reflect, history will probably reflect fairly unkindly on Mitch McConnell's legacy. Um, well, in my house. Right, because Mitch McConnell, although he did try to rein in some of Donald Trump's uh, eccentricities, mm-hmm. and indeed we can thank the, the safety of our republic to both Mitch McConnell and Mike Pence, at yeah, the same time, he pushed through a lot of garbage. The The Jobs and Tax Act is objectively garbage. It is a It was a short-term gain at long-term cost, which is the way that Trump has run his businesses. And this is the tax r- Jobs bill. and Tax Act. Right, right, right. The one major accomplishment of the Trump administration, except for Mitch's other crown jewel, hmm. which are... Three seats on the on the Supreme oh, Court. Oh, correct. Three seats no on one, the Supreme Court. No one Court. has ever. I, I got to give it to Mitch McConnell. He's not on my team, and I don't like the way he does things, but he gets things done. He does. He got a lot of stuff done, and he most certainly got things done against the wishes of his party. I think that's another huge yeah, aspect to yeah. consider here that he was dealing with a bunch of loon bags who were trying to get him to throw an election, and he wouldn't play ball. Yeah. Do you think that's well? You think he's stepping down because he's surrendering the ability to control his party? I think it's for medical reasons. I was going to ask. Because I think that he knows that his time is short. And so just so people know, Ted Cruz and about eight other senators had this idea on January 6th where they were going to object to the certification of the election. And then they were going to basically delay any certification for as long as possible so that Trump could push through enough fake electors to basically flood the system, confuse everybody, and then he would be able to maintain the presidency. Well, he was going to roll it back to state decisions. Right. right? Send all those uh, electoral college votes back to states, and then the Republicans had a majority of states, one vote, one state, and and sweep the election. Right. And so Mitch McConnell was going to allow a part of this ruse to take place for parliamentary reasons. And he goes, okay, well, I'll let you guys play your stupid little game, and then I'll override you, and then we'll move on with the certification. listen to the will of the voters. And so what happened was that January 6th then happens, and they have to then clear the Capitol, and then hours, hours later, he goes up to Ted Cruz, and this is documented, and he goes, are you still planning on... Uh, uh, objecting and Ted Gru- Ted Cruz, of course we're going to object. Then Mitch McConnell says, "No, you're not, because I will primary you if you don't." Right, <laughs> it's Mitch's party. I will primary you out of existence if you try to hold this up anymore. Which is immediately afterwards, because that's caught on tape. You see him talking to Ted Cruz. Immediately afterwards, he goes up to the podium. He starts crying about how it, this is the most important job that they have. Is very emotional. So a very complicated political figure in American history, and I'm sure that we'll have conversations about him for many, many years. Any final thoughts? Nora, I know that you're wearing a Mitch McConnell forever pin right now. Why is that? Oh, man. <laughs> that's that oh. Skull and Crossbones is? I didn't, really, I didn't recognize that. <laughs> so uh, we all know that there's a government shutdown looming on a Friday. Oh, no, government shutdown. If only I haven't dealt with this once a year for the entirety of my adult life. If only government shutdown, such a big deal. Timelines, 48 hours, where it's all going to be chaos, Spike, just like every other time. Remember every other government shutdown? What are we to do when the government shuts down? Well, all, all the chatter this morning is uh, that they seem to be making progress in avoiding this shutdown. Why aren't you panicking? I won't be able to see the Lincoln <laughs> Memorial. I have plans, Spike. I gotta go to national parks. I got things I gotta do. I wanna go see the the Capitol Rotunda. They won't let me in. The government shut down. Isn't this why they, they pitched uh, <laughs> M- Matthew, who's na- what's his name? Oh, I've forgotten already. Mark... McCarthy. 
the last speaker that got ousted. I'm not tragging you. I'm in panic right Kevin now. Kevin McCarthy. Okay, okay. Didn't he get bounced because he didn't have a shutdown because he agreed to a budget? Yeah, that is true. Right. right. So does so, Johnson worry right. about the same? Is Johnson sorry about his job? He's going to have the government shutdown. He's going to get bounced by the fringe? I think so. I think that's part of it. I also think that Mike Johnson is a theocrat, and I think of him very strongly as a fascist who wrote a lot of the legal framework for the Trump administration when they were attempting to overthrow the government. He was pretty involved. In he was the, very involved. In the, uh, alternate it. electors, the right. scenarios. So there are a few things that f- f- scare me more than spiders and uh, terrorism, and that just so happens to be uh, Christian nationalists. Because they don't think that they're that, that America's for everybody. They think that America is only for Christians. And so they think that the Constitution isn't even for everybody, that it's only for Christians, and that the First Amendment isn't for everybody, it's only for Christians. So when I look at this material and I look at the groups that Mike Johnson has spoken in front of over the last 10 years of his political career, I am nothing but frightened by this man in the sense that you have a man who believes that he talks to God, who gives him direct orders on how to run the country, who is vehemently anti-gay, vehemently anti-trans, vehemently anti-democratic, based on his own legal writings. Right. Right. Yes. So I look at it. I don't like theocrats in the same way that I don't like fascists. And he happens to be both of them at the same time. It's kind of like if a spider merged with a crab. I would have a very difficult time with and it. love the Lord, right? And love Jesus, yes. right? <laughs> Crab spider who loves the Lord. And so the, there's a, there's kind of a, a glaze that these people have in their eyes. Have you ever noticed that about theocrats? Yeah, they yeah they do look to a higher place, it, it, right? Than the, than the lowly among us, right? The rest, the rest of us and sewer up, right? And the thing that I find particularly frightening about this is that we're not dealing with a man who's operating in. The real space, he's operating in the ethereal, the ethereal spiritual realm, which I only go to on occasion when I eat certain things, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Talking about baked goods, people. Talking about baked goods, people, people everybody. Talking about cakes, baked goods. Bun cakes and sugar cookies. Good old sugar cookies take me yeah, right so, to the spirit realm. So Johnson, though, but Johnson decided whether it was a, a, a bill that was passed by the Senate for, say, border security, Johnson alone had the ability to deny that uh, a vote on the floor. Yes, he did. A guy that's this in touch with his, his theocratic feelings yeah. has this much power to decide what, what legislation right. gets, because by all accounts it would have passed, not unanimous, but like 70% of the House would have voted for yeah, well, yeah. Border, this border security, bipartisan border security bill, but Johnson has the power as Speaker to decide what does and doesn't yeah. get to the floor. And you know what troubles me about this even more is that Mike Johnson says that he's a Christian man, and so as Christians, we value all human life, regardless of where it comes from, or right. what their religion, or language it speaks, or what language it speaks. Right. And this bill would have saved lives, right? Lives that have been lost since the time that he decided not to vote on it, yeah, because he didn't like what about it? The fact that his constituents didn't like it. Well, well, the, his his leadership didn't like leadership it. didn't by all like accounts, it. American people. Like, it's the same thing with Ukraine now. Yeah, it is very and much. Ha- so. How do you deny uh, you know foreign aid with? Uh, it's all about. Johnson has been quoted on the White House steps as saying, "You got to priority one is the border is is security at home right. before security abroad." Right. I'm ready to talk about six pack abs. Let's Mickey do it. Gomez well, is I ready can talk to talk about, about six pack abs. I'm with you. Well, I'm just. He, 
I don't fault people for having religious preferences. I fault people for when they put it in my face right. and say, this is the way it's going to be. That's what I really don't I, like. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. But thankfully, Mickey Gomez is in the studio. So we can talk about my religion, my abs. Now, Mickey, I did not have abs for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And then I started advancing in my yoga technique. I am very flexible, by the way. I am on. My, chiropr my chiropractor has mm -hmm. said that I am hypermobile, what she says. Really? Hyper is the word that she uses. Is that what she wrote on the card with the flowers she sent? That is, as a matter of fact. I, I've noticed. I, I'm going to, if, if I can get her approval, I'm going to start name dropping her because okay. she's so good at what she does. Right she's on. fantastic. So um, you're telling me now that you have done research, which suggests that my abs are going to kill me. How is this the case? I've worked so hard for them, Mickey, and I need them desperately. Well, yeah. I think abs are important, and we're not saying get rid of your abs okay. by any means. Okay. But I did speak to Dr. Britta Larson. She's an associate professor at UC San Diego. She studied men of all backgrounds in their 60s for almost 20 years, and she says that the results were shocking. The big surprise was that more muscle in the abdominal cavity was associated with more coronary heart disease. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Wait. Yeah. So but why, right? I thought it was just because I'm a heartbreaker. Hey, <laughs> Boom, hey, that's our show, everybody. Have a good <laughs> yeah. night. Tip your waitress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, she's. this is what she says, because I asked, but why? That's kind of the frustrating thing about observational research. We don't really know why. Mm -hmm. So so what she's saying is that is this corollary observational research? Yes. Okay, so, yeah. so what she's basically saying is that there is a correlation between these two things and we're not so sure what it is. If I had to guess, it's probably that these are people who have done too much, uh, too intensive cardiovascular activity in their later years and have believed that they are unhealthy when in actuality they're suffering from some form of genetic coronary heart disease and it's just a coincidence that they have abs. Okay, well, she says research didn't find the same results in women. So <gasps> there's a few possible reasons for that. It could be that women are just healthier overall. They had a much lower risk of heart disease overall. Mm -hmm. Or okay. it could also be that women are just smaller and just didn't have as much muscle as men. Yeah. Can I, can I give you some wisdom I got from my grandfather? Oh, please, by all means. Women live longer because they get to live with men. Men die sooner because they have to live with women. How dare you? I'm just what? putting it out there. How dare you say that boomer How joke? dare you, sir? So that was a big old boomer joke, Spike. What is this? Oh, if, so if, if my audience I, could text this show, the, I know they're yeah, too old to text, the but boomers, they will be telling you right now. All the boomers out there are guffawing and yeah, falling that's over. Right. Yeah, that's no, right. Listen, they're slapping women. their knees. Slapping their knees. <laughs> if men listened to women, they would live longer. Oh, based. That is so Thank you. Wait, Spike, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you wait, said. What'd you say? Spike, yeah. you're alive right now because you listen to your wife. I know. What did your wife say when you were having a heart attack and you didn't want to go to the hospital? <gasps> You've had a heart attack? You didn't know this? No. <laughs> oh, honey. I'm a, and I'm alive today because my wife said, get in the car. I'm like, no, let me just clutch my chest and hold under the fender of our car for a couple more minutes while I sweat profusely. She's like, get in the car or you can go by ambulance. Either way, you're going to the hospital. And you probably and, thought, and I don't said, want that big bill, so I better get in the car. That's what I said. That's right. exactly what mm -hmm. I said. We have, are we covered for a heart attack? So, wait, Spike, here's the thing, though, is that you, when you have had a heart attack mm -hmm. did you have six-pack abs yeah under under all this padding i do have six i pack knew abs. it observational data confirmed no well visceral <laughs> fat wasn't wasn't the issue okay. it, it wasn't it wasn't the issue i asked dr larson why this study is so important it adds to this growing body of research on muscle 
being an important part of health. So for so long, we have just focused on fat when we look at body composition. And Jack, I think you're going to agree with her. Mm. And muscle is an active metabolic tissue. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing more and more that it is very closely related to health, to mortality, to cardiovascular disease. And she says scientists should start looking at muscle health as people age. Especially given the extreme risk we saw in this study that men with the highest amount of muscle had six times the risk of heart disease. So there you go. So I would, the only thing I would add on to this Mm -hmm. is that one of the things that I learned when I started working with a nutritionist is as we age, you need significantly less calories and significantly more nutrients to maintain. So she got me on this idea of uh, nutrient dense, calorie deficient foods. Like? So like if an example of this would be like my dinner would be uh, mixed veggies like kale with some carrots and some cabbage mixed in there. And then there would be kimchi on top of that. And then I'll have like a, a, a portion of protein and then three or four eggs on top of that. And then maybe a very small serving of rice. Like less than half a cup of a My kids of rice. would not eat that. It's amazing. You should do it. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm just going to so, tell you right whereas, now. Whereas like now the, uh, the belief is like, well, I'm if I'm 36, I can eat a whole pizza. Like why wouldn't I want to do that? Sure, but that's destructible. That's, cal- that's a huge glycemic load. It's very taxing on your body. And mm-hmm. it, there's not a lot of nutrients within that delicious pizza. So you got to switch the way that you think about things. Young people can eat all the calories they want. I happen to be one of these people that's like, well, I got to eat a minimum of my body weight and protein every day, and so I don't want to ingest all those carbs. Young people can eat the box the pizza came in. Yeah. And often do. Yeah. And do you really? Do I really what? Think that intensely about what you're going to eat for dinner? I mean, is it really? Yeah. Why am I asking this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know well, the okay, because here's why. Because it, I was so unhealthy for a yeah. decade of yeah, my you, life. You okay, that's I basically the other way. I basically yeah. lived on Reese's yeah. pieces and Reese's peanut butter cups and fast breaks and Dr. Peppers and like maybe a slice of pepperoni pizza. And so when I got sober, one of the things I learned was my gut biome had basically completely fallen apart. Mm. So I had to rebuild it. And now it, I went from being addicted to heroin to being addicted to being healthy. I, right? I, and I do apologize because I, I do forget that part of your past because you You'd are never so... never looking at you. Right. Yeah. You, you know. Well, I could show you some missing teeth and then you'd immediately see yeah, like, well, that guy's done some drugs in his life. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. But that's why I... And also like the preoccupation with it is because I got to maintain... Like I've already done a lot of damage to the old chassis. I got to kind of, you know what I, mean? I got to kind of baby it a little bit so I can uh, have enough time to do other things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. well, the good news about this study is that um, Dr. Larson is going to continue it. Her oh, hope perfect. is to figure out why why this is why why this is happening to men. And what was and also really in interesting, 60s, right? The said, men, right? yeah, they studied men in their sixties on up into their seventies, eighties. And what was interesting is that men who did have calf muscles mm-hmm. didn't have the same issue Ooh. as the abs. So don't skip leg day, uh, Andrew. I do believe we need the president of the United States to call in because we have a birthday that we have to acknowledge and we get the president to what? call in. Yeah, he calls in. He'll contract. He and I have together. Red phone. Use I, the red phone. I, yeah, use the red one. Well, look, my wife has uh, a Hi, Mr. President. On somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? You ready? Happy, happy birthday to oh you. <laughs> happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday, Mickey. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Mr. President. I feel so loved today. I I can't I can't express anymore how much I love you guys. You everyone here has made me feel so special and loved. Well, Thank you. you. We're, we're glad special, you were born, Mickey. And we appreciate you and we appreciate all your expert reporting whenever you come in and give us the message. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. Swifties and Trekkies could decide the outcome of the next election. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh no. Is that, is that cringe or is that is that um. base? Because there's a lot of people out there that don't like Star Trek. I'm one of them. Okay. We got to talk about but it. a lot of people who travel in in groups, I won't say cults, groups. Okay. And they can be influenced to vote. Maybe we could introduce the Trekkies to the Swifties. And we could make a new superhuman human breed when we get back right after this. Cringe. Can you imagine how much bigger my brain would be if I wasn't horribly abused as a child? Or based. And I thought the shackles on the wall were a nice aesthetic touch. Cringe or based, a fun segment we like to do every day, 135. Could save Heather Bosch, by the way. Did you notice that? I did. I noticed that. Heather is such a professional. Yeah. I appreciate Heather Bosch. And also... I can say this, consummate reporter. Heather Bosch? High oh, yeah. journalistic standards. Absolutely. That we are lucky lucky to have with Heather Bosch. So, could Swifties or Trekkies decide the election? Now, if you don't know about this, there are these, uh, these ideas of fandom organizing coordinators. Now, a fandom is considered to be like a, a group that is and has an allegiance to a particular IP, basically is the best way to put it. Intellectual property. Oh, okay, okay. I know what I, I thought you meant like... So I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Right. I'm a huge Trekkie. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Mm-hmm. I'm Lord a, of the Rings is... One what, Piece, yeah. whatever yeah, it might whatever, be. Yeah. So I'm a huge Radiohead fan. I'm sure. in the fandom. So an organizing coordinator basically is a person who's going to incept themselves into these groups and talk to them about who they're going to vote for. Now, this makes sense, being that Taylor Swift... Has it's, it's lit. I think she said, "Hey, register to vote," and then thirty-five thousand people vote registered to vote within like an hour. Do we yeah, have the clip? Tweet. I always come back to this clip with Taylor Swift. It's where she released. It was a documentary, Miss Americana, and it's where she decided she had never been political before in her career. Right. She's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Christian woman making country music, making pop records. Mm-hmm. She comes out with this documentary, and she's saying, "I want to start getting political." And her dad. Who's her manager at the time? Taylor Swift Sr., Tim Swift. What's her dad's name? Gerald? I honestly have no idea. He's got some weird dad name, right? Teddy, I believe. Kenny? Teddy. Teddy? I don't know. I'm just... Okay, whatever his name is. Mr. Swift, he is saying, I don't think that this is good for your career. And then Taylor says... We've not got involved with politics or religion. I mean, does Bob Hope do well, it? Well, why? Crosby well, do it? Does, does Mick hey, Jagger do it? Hell? Come on. No, what I'm saying right now is... Bob it, Hope first and of all, Crosby. These aren't your dad's celebrities, and these aren't your dad's Republicans. Well, imagine if Ooh. we came to you and said, hey, we've got this idea that we could halve the number of people that come to you next to it. And the other thing, just from a security so standpoint, you think people- Taylor Swift comes out against Trump. I don't care if they write that. I'm sad that I didn't two years ago, but I can't change that. I'm terrified. I'm the guy that went out and bought armored cars. I need to do this. I need you to just... Dad, I need you to forgive me for doing it, because I'm doing it. Oh, isn't that so sweet? Well, do you hear what your dad said? I'm the guy I who went out and bought, bought um, armored, armored cars, cars. Yeah. right? So yeah. what? You, if we dig through this subtext here, what Dad is worried about is her safety. 
British manager who got cut from Spinal Tap is worried about the I'm revenue. I'm worried about half the people not coming to your show. Well, about you're, half uh, the people right. not coming in then. It'd be old bread and butter, right? It's down the old road, down the old toe jam, as we like to call it. Why did I all of a sudden get Australian all of a sudden? Who knows? I, I got to work on my accents. <laughs> Gee We've whiz. been told not to work on our accents. Okay, but we can make fun of Australians, can well, we not? Well, well, clearly, Taylor, at that point, and this was when she was going to, oh, came out against Trump and against uh, Marsha Blackburn, sure. her senator from Tennessee, and right. she came out against these conservative politicians because of her stance about personal choice. But more importantly, we can make fun of Australians, right? I don't think anybody. Isn't that acceptable? Right. Can, can, we, ask, can, we, yeah, yeah. can we ask an Australian? Hey, Brian! <laughs> an Australian oi, on our oi, text Brian! Line. <laughs> I just, Does Spike offend you? <laughs> right. Is there Are there any Australians out there that get offended by the regional Australian accent? I actually think that it's endearing, and I actually think that it adds more color to a very rich culture. That's what I think. I think so, too, and the snakes so, are amazing. getting back to this whole thing, I don't really, when politicians talk about politics or government, I don't really care. It you mean when celebrities talk about so, it? Excuse me, okay. celebrities talk you about it. You don't care it. when politicians talk Not about any, it either. It's a bit of a Freudian <laughs> slip there. Whoops. So... When celebrities talk about politics, I don't really care. It doesn't make any difference to me until, until, this is the tipping point, when they start to get a little wackadoo, when they start going a little on the... So when Clint Eastwood is is interviewing an empty chair... Remember that. This yeah. isn't healthy. When John Voight is saying that God wants Trump to be president, that's not healthy. When Roseanne Barr says that Q is dropping Q drops so that the storm can come and Donald Trump and Robert Mueller can arrest the Clintons, that's not good, right? I so, agree. I agree. But but we live in, a, in an age of influencers, right? And this story is from the New York Times is talking about how campaigns are, make, are come, awakening to the fact that these are large groups of people. That are influenced. That have the, the next generation has become so entwined with the people they I'll adore. Be honest, there's not a lot of overlap between Trekkies and and Donald Trump, right? There's not a lot of overlap there. Most nerds tend to be libs. You know what I mean? Because they're uh, no, cultured I, I people. Completely, I, they're very science driven. Yeah. Right? Well, they're also very like most nerds tend to be pretty empathetic, mm-hmm. and so they tend to be. Laura, you agreeing with me on this? Yeah. But so then, is it just a get out the vote effort? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think it's just which is based, right? Because we I, should I all be so. voting. I'm. That's my official decree that this is based that we should all vote everyone should, should get involved in our well, democracy but also right? that if somebody wants to go and they want to talk to a fandom about voting i think that that's important right i think that it's i think that everybody should vote we, the united mm-hmm. states has a abysmal voting turnout we year do. after year we after do. year and so i think that it would be a very good idea for more people to get engaged with the process even if they feel as if their vote doesn't matter you can still vote for people that you might like i vote down ticket all the time some people say I'm throwing away my vote. I say I'm using my vote. Right. If, you, if you don't vote, though, that in and of itself is a vote. It's just a vote for indifference. Well, it came in second in Michigan. Right, right? exactly. Uh, no, no, none of the above, whatever they called it, right. undeclared, undecided, right. so, but uncommitted. I think what has happened is that people are now getting, like, do I not like Kid Rock because of his uh, affiliation with Donald Trump? Not really. I just don't like him because he's cringy. If he was cool about it, you know, like Vince Vaughn came out and he said, I like Donald Trump. He didn't make a big stink about it. He just mm-hmm. said, I like Donald Trump. I have no hatred towards Vince Vaughn whatsoever. Right. Right. Kid Rock comes out and he uses an automatic weapon against a bunch of Bud Lights and says a bunch of cringy garbage. 
that is what gets under my skin. Yeah, you can exactly. you, you can say whatever you want to say as long as you're not being a jerk about it, right? Agreed. Agreed. That's the way that I that's the way that I view politics in general because they're just opinions at the end of the, like if Paul McCartney came out and he said, "Man, I really like Donald Trump." Wouldn't change my opinion about Paul McCartney. I still love Beatles songs. However, if he started yelling at me about how Q was trying to initiate the storm so that Donald Trump could save the children from the bio labs, then I would no longer yeah, listen to Paul McCartney. I'm with right? you. By the way, plenty of support for making fun of Australians. Yes. But not from Australians. No, of <laughs> course so. not. No. Sorry, I can't. I, I got to get in the right hand. You got to get in the right hand. By the hits. way, this article by Jessica Gross, uh, opinion writer for the New York Times. Yeah. She says, what's next? Orcs for Biden? Jessica. Orcs would clearly be for Trump. How dare you? Orcs would be for Trump. Orcs right. are fascists. <laughs> okay? How dare you? Elves would be for Biden. No, the elves the are fascists. The kingdom of men would be for Biden. No, the orcs are like the Mongols. There was a council of Elrond, right? Yeah, but the, that's, oh, that's a democracy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> orcs for Biden. No, Read it, a book. The, 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 what's it called? What are the little people? Not the hobbits. Halflings. No, but the other ones. The, the, the dwarves? The dwar- dwarves would be MAGA people. Oh, they're total MAGA people. They're, they're t- all about mineral rights. <laughs> about mining, right? Big on mining. All right, we'll take a really quick break when we get back. uh, Legal immigrants could get a, or excuse me, illegal migrants could get professional licenses under a Washington state bill. 19 applicants seek two open positions in the Seattle school board. Looks like DEI's getting back into the mix. And on top of all of that, Matt Markovich coming in to talk about all these bills that are dying in the legislature when we get back right after this. There are no stupid questions. There are only stupid answers. Ah, yes. No stupid questions. My favorite segment of the day. So favorite, as a matter of fact, I forgot to tease it entirely, and I skipped over to the 2 o'clock hour because I was so excited, so very, very deeply excited to do No Stupid Questions. This is a good one for us. You can text us at 888-973-5476, by the way. That's the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Jack and Spike. Because we are clearly one person with one hive mind, not two separate individuals. It says, how do you identify politically? Libertarian, independent, no party at all. I uh, identify as now as staunchly independent because I have to now analyze policy by policy. Mm. And I got really tired of the kind of right-left binary. Because, you know, I have my degree in political theory. Right. And so it's just kind of a silly way to talk about politics. And when I hear other people do it, I kind of start cringing. I go, because it's such a, we don't do that with anything else except for sports. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to, okay. to live. In, but Spike, you're a, you're just a lib. You're just a well, snowflake. Uh, I, I am often, in, I am often, I am a, I'm a woke uh, snowflake liberal foot soldier of freedom. That's right. Who is Very often good. embarrassed by my party's ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous embrace of the fringe. Of the far, far left. I mean, embarrassed by it. I'm a fecklican. Yeah. My party is feckless. <laughs> Careful uh, saying that three times fast, by the way. So, and you know, the other thing about party affiliation is that for some people, it becomes kind of like a crutch that they use to talk about politics. Mm-hmm. I go on the conservative subreddit a lot. And oftentimes what I see on that subreddit is people say, well, the left thinks like this and the right thinks like this. And it's the same thing that Christopher Hitchens used to do when he would talk about Christianity. Now, Christopher Hitchens was a vehement uh, Mm anti-religious atheist. And a brilliant speaker. And a very speaker. But he would do this thing. It's an interesting rhetorical technique where you highlight everything bad about the thing that you hate. And you contrast it with everything good about the thing that you love. Right. And that is an effective rhetorical technique for people who are lazy, 
but not for people who actually want to understand complex policies or uh, complex ideas about wow. how we should organize ourselves as a society. Well, explains why I do it so much. Exactly. Really. So from one filthy capitalist to another, how do you feel about this move towards quote-unquote surge pricing? I just read an article that fast food chains might start doing this new trend. I'm starting to hit my free market mental limit. There is a difference between capitalism and crony capitalism, or as I like to call it, crapitalism. Hey, there's your fun lesson for nice. today. Wherein capitalism can be used to do a great many wonderful things. Give me that cash. Thank you. And very I much. will do this thing. That is very, very true. Now, what we get with crony capitalism or shareholder capitalism is this idea that the bottom line is more important than anything else. The product, the service, the experience, the workers experience, whatever it is. The people, when you begin to celebrate the religion of the corporation, you have then deviated away from uh, capitalism. So this is trash. They shouldn't do it, and they should move away from well, it. Well, I'd like to say that I called this out of the gate. Huh. That uh, when we we're talking about, of course, Wendy's was talking about surge pricing for their food. Mm -hmm. Cost you more at lunchtime than it would cost you in the in the slower hours of the afternoon. Okay. That's just exploitive. Exploitative? Is that yeah, the right word? That's, it's exploitive capitalism, and you know, it's also when, bad capitalism. When you want a, an Uber ride, it shouldn't be more because it's there's a concert downtown, so I can charge you 10 times more right. during and surge pricing to take the exact same ride. It's so bad, actually, that if Wendy's does it, they will lose business. Oh, they, they, they right. want to kick the idea to the curb. So uh, what's the process for replacing Mitch McConnell? Civics. Isn't this so fun? So... That the Senate, the Republicans will vote on it. Will, a self-contained party vote. It is going to be with the new leadership. Right. Yeah. And then it will likely be uh, Cornyn. Uh, who's the other one? Barrasso, is right? Yeah. And then... Or uh, Thune. John Thune's but, also... Yeah. Anybody named John. All three they, leading candidates are all named John. John. My guess, though, is that it's going to be Cornyn out of Texas because Cornyn has been vying for that position for a very long time. And he's got a lot of connections. He's from a very red state. So it to me, it just makes a lot of he's got a lot of pull, basically, as a senator from Texas. Do you think that the uh, former President Trump has he has so much it seems to have so much sway mm -hmm. over the party? Yeah. Will he dictate who becomes the new? There's does a, that matter? But does the election in November actually matter? They're going to cut deals in order to get. So if Trump says, well, I want this person, then what they're going to do is they're going to make concessions in order to get the person that they want, basically. I don't think that people realize how committee assignments, all these kinds of really high end positions that people right. can get chair of this chair of that oversight, whatever that's all done in back room, dirty dealings yeah. where uh, you give me this primary funding. I'll ensure that you get my vote for this seat. It's basically like baseball trading. You know yeah, mean? Like yeah, on yeah. a Saturday, a guy can be on the Mariners and by Tuesday he's on the he's Dodgers pitching for the A's. Right, or exactly. yeah. Don't it's, even put your jersey on. You're going to the other side of the field. Yeah, play for the other team. It's, it's really dirty, gross politics. Well, it's, you called it. It's all about money. It's all about power. What committee you sit on dictates how much funding you get for your yeah. constituency back home. You get that new contract. You get that new factory. Right. And the funny thing is, is that Trump likes to go around. He likes to say, you got to drain the swamp. Right. Yeah. He himself, if you just look at the procedures that he started using when he was president of the United States, he effectively brought in like a, a pump, like a sump pump, uh -huh. and just put it right into the swamp and was like, fill it up with more swamp creatures. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Wally Gator. Yeah. <laughs> Baddest gator he, in the swamp. He was like, let us just fill this up as much as we possibly can, because he did not do anything except for expand 
the administrative state and make it much more complicated and much more worse, as he does with all of his businesses. We'll take a really quick break. I already teased everything that we're going to talk about, but we will have Mr. Matt Markovich coming in, or Mark Matovich, as I often call him. I heard somebody call him Mad Dog. Mad Dog Markovich. I love this. Yeah, most dangerous man in all of Olympia. Illegal immigrants could get professional licenses under a Washington state bill. I will tell you why I think this is a good thing, although you might think it is a bad thing. 19 applicants are seeking two open positions on the Seattle School Board. DI reigns supreme when we get back right after this.